Yo. Mic check, mic check. What it do and what it is, this is the Sensei Said So Show. I am your Sensei Vio Sensei, 36 Dread Kage of the Music Clan, 10th Tribe of Wakanda, Lira the Dojo, because you know how we flow. Ooh, and y'all already know it's Shadow, the Gold Tooth V Line, leader of the Water Nation. If y'all with me, pull your double cups up two times. Y'all know we back. And what's in the cup? You know it's that Distillery 36. Shout out to the sponsor, man. Uh, shout out to 801 Customs. Make sure you guys check out the website. We appreciate everybody tuning in because we in a new season, ain't we? I took kind of a deep dive onto 801 Customs Instagram. A lot of welding. <laughs> Almost made me want to get into welding. So if you need any of That's your... That's handy as hell. Handy. Really capable, <laughs> capable to... individuals. So if you need anything welded from whatever y'all do with y'all jeeps to make them go up walls and rock mountains and stuff like that <laughs> uh hit up 801 customs but if you just want to turn up you already know it's distillery 36 in the cup mm. now do you want to give a shout out to our to our people Da-da-na-na-s. let's go shout out to amr shout out to all the listeners in australia we really appreciate all the all the love that you guys are giving us, you know. So, and the music we're getting is is wonderful. I'm loving it. Every every new song is so exotic and it's so new, and and you know I can't wait to hear all types of different music coming from Australia. You know, not not just from one place now. You know, all different types of places. So, shout out to everybody that's listening across the waters, and we appreciate y'all, man. We really do appreciate everybody listening in and just getting a a window into our world because we've, we've kind of talked about Salt Lake being the next of the next, you know, we're the next, we're one city behind in terms of the growth in America and how a city becomes a capital, how it becomes a media empire, how it becomes the different things that when we look at it in the present, we go, Oh yeah, Denver's popping. Oh yeah. Seattle's popping. San Francisco's popping. But there was a time that it really wasn't, and people really, weren't really bummy. checking for it. Boom. But there were people on the ground level that were working and grinding to make it what it is today. You just didn't hear from them. You just didn't get to see it. So we appreciate everybody there that's no interested. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was on Twitter, and I saw a hashtag that was like, if there was no social media, or if social media didn't exist. And we talk a lot of shit about social media and how <laughs> detrimental it is because it is. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly because y'all are goofy. But <laughs> we don't talk about all the good that social media brings, how connected we are. The knowledge it's spreading, the connections it's, it's bringing. Yes, the business practices that, that it's interchanging, you know, the examples people can see of representation. There's so much positivity that goes into it. Yeah, it really has made it hard to be ignorant and hopefully <laughs> as, has it it's okay let's change let's change that let's be has fair it? it's made ignorance different <laughs> because now it's hard to be ignorant about cultures and demographics and people because google it like if you don't know who founded america or like 
if you don't know that there were people here before Christopher Columbus, like that's something you can Google. <laughs> but in like 1979, if you were in the middle of Montana, like you just gonna listen to what your fifth grade history teacher tells you because where do you have access to something like Facebook where you can get into a wormhole of different videos and learn a ton of shit? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a YouTube channel that I watch. I shouldn't even be plugging them because they ain't paying us, but it's fine. <laughs> It's like the infographic show, and it's just like eight to ten minutes about really anything. And anything. I'll just learn random stuff. Like <laughs> I had a Sunday once where I kind of just binge serial killers, and I learned a See, ton. See, that's not what. That's not healthy. Well, I mean, binge serial killers, and that's some American shit. I don't understand why America's so infatuated with these serial killer nests, but shook at voodoo. Scared to death of voodoo for some goddamn that reason. A, that <laughs> took a left turn. But but because I don't like scary movies, I'm not I'm not a fan. I'll watch them if they have a good plot. But I don't understand the glorification of this horror, Law and Order, crazy uh, purge shit. I really don't. You want to? Uh, it's kind of interesting. We kind of touched on it a little bit on the last episode, episode sixty, which was the first episode of season six. So if you had didn't listen to that episode, cryptocurrency, go back and listen to that when you're done with this one. But you want to know what I think it is, or at least I'll say what it is for me. I am a, my fascination is people. You know how some people like to play with octopuses and stuff like that. I like people because people I think are the most interesting thing on the planet. And what serial killers are and what they kind of represent is the different depths of humanity. Like on an everyday basis, you're dealing with hopefully normal and relatively sane people if you look at them on the spectrum. So it's interesting to then look through the window and kind of dabble in the mind of somebody that's on the extreme level of the spectrum. Like we all have people in our lives that have narcissistic tendencies or sociopathic tendencies. (laughs) But what happens when you remove the tendencies and they just are like you are a sociopath. I don't want to deal with you personally ship your crazy ass to Mongolia. Oh, yeah, yes. But I will learn and research about you like you're a fucking spider. I don't want to touch Because of spider. the threat that they hold? Because because they're still serial killers today or, or what? Well, it's just interesting because if you really take a deep dive into yourself and what you're going through, you'll find where you are in the spectrum of some of these things. And I always have a philosophy that if you can't call your demons by name, they're going to run you. So it's interesting to look at, like, I take a show like Dexter, where Dexter was portrayed as he's a serial killer, but you get to hear his inner thoughts. And what made the show interesting was a lot of his inner thoughts were relatable. Right. Yeah. They were just a little. It's just his his one justification was how he got away with with that part of his sickness. But even like, but even just like how he looked at society, there's a lot of people that related to it and go. Sometimes I look at people and go, why do you do these things? And that's on the spectrum of not being able to show empathy that we would call the spectrum of being a but sociopath. But doesn't that say something about our society if when they go break, go into a, a serial killer, a sociopathic person's um, mental and we relate to it, it becomes relatable to us? It becomes relatable to the masses? Isn't that the wrong way to go? Are we supposed to go the other way? No, because I feel like we've been going the other way for too long, where the other way is falsifying normalcy. 
where we say, oh, no, I'm not this way. Oh, no, we don't have this. And you see that in our state. It's repression. It's repressing things that we just don't want to deal with or we want to pretend are not part of humanity. When if we actually are honest with ourselves and we're going to get into this topic more in depth because this was something we were talking about pre-show. But when you really look at it as people, yeah, we're all crazy as shit <laughs> in our own way. It's just some of us have We're learned. psychotic as hell. It's just some people have different coping mechanisms. Some people. That can suppress that shit. Because I'm always a believer that everybody's one tragedy away. From, from, from what? From being somebody they weren't. But, a killer, but, but being a killer is different from a serial killer. Sure. But or, being a killer is also crazy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you kill one person or five people. But I want to explore this topic a little bit more because we there was an article that we all kind of got tagged in that talked more specifically about dealing with these inner things and specifically dealing with them with men. Right. So let's get our, let's take a break really quick. Let's listen to our first song so our our listeners can pull up, they can get what they need to stay hydrated and fueled. Y'all know what y'all need. And then on the other half of this song, we're going to get into this conversation on a more personal level. But boom boom boom. Man up. Yeah. 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 See, the rage of the flames, the sorrow of the rain, I cannot feel the sting of their pain, because the ice water running through my veins, just make me feel cold. Ice water running through my veins Number skin, I can't feel the flames Number skin, I can't feel the rain Number skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Number skin, I can't feel the flames Number skin, I can't feel the rain Number skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Number skin, I can't feel the flames Number skin, I can't feel the rain Number skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Number skin, I can't feel the flames Number skin, I can't feel the rain Number skin, I can't feel the Pain, uh, yeah, just feel, uh, you don't know what I've been through. Searching for a breakthrough Day after day and long nights Drowning this and trying to do right Trying to find light, get on the right path But my past trying to hold me back My past trying to fuck with me Misery, loves company I pray to God, hope he listening This darkness is crippling, it's sickening These four walls are caving in The devil's savoring But somehow found hope in my hell Came from above and over my cell Now I know why the cage bird sings One day he'll be free indeed Nightmares will become Dreams, songs of praise from hell screams. I swim upstream against the tide. We're raging my heart and hating my eyes. And I still feel cold. Yeah. Yeah. I can't feel them. I ain't got no feeling. Uh, ice water running through my veins. Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames. Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain. Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain. Ice water running through my veins. Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames. Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain. Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain. Ice water running through my veins. Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames. Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain. Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain. Ice water running through my veins. Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames. Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain. Numb the skin, I I can't feel the pain, the flames of wrath, I cannot feel them. All the rain, I cannot feel them. Isolation seems so appealing. Head on fire with a soul 
was feeling I cannot eat, I cannot sleep, I cannot breathe, I cannot weep I no longer feel sanctified, devil calling and I down the ride Call the grandmama, bring the hell, clear the streets, then I bring it well Reaper runs, do you feel the smell, judgment comes in a metal shell Ice water running through my veins, numb the skin, I don't feel the pain I cannot feel the heat of flame, I cannot feel the bliss of rain Ice box for a heavy heart, so cold it could break apart so cold, I can't feel my shame Need another just to share the pain Fading fast, I might go insane Losing life, can you see me drained? Losing light, are you entertained? There may anybody who can feel this pain Ice water runs in every home Who's it now when you all alone? Creeping up, do you feel the flame? Stock the night, can you feel the pain? Ice water running every home Who's it now when you all alone? Creeping up, do you feel the flame? Stock the night, do you feel the pain? Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain I realize that passion and pain The sun and the rain are one and the same The yin and the yang, the bliss and the bane The source of my peace and the cause of my shame It's part of the game It'll either make me or break me I pray the devil never come take me And Jehovah will never forsake me But some days my faith is strong And some days my faith is weak Some nights I get a lot of rest And some nights I get no sleep Sunday mornings I'm close to God But Monday nights I feel close to hell Sometimes I gotta clear mind But other times I'm in the devil's snare I wonder if it's all worth it I understand we aren't perfect But I feel blind in a dark world Struggling for a purpose Night after night I lie to myself Telling me I'm not hurting But day after day it's apparent to me That all of those lies are not working Sometimes I wanna say fuck it Load up the clip and start dumping Keep the shoddy pumping and my devil's running Till the enemies will start slumping Sometimes I wanna say fuck it Load up the clip and start dumping Keep the shoddy pumping and my demons running Till the enemies will start slumping Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain Ice water running through my veins Numb the skin, I can't feel the flames Numb the skin, I can't feel the rain Numb the skin, I can't feel the pain Welcome back to the Sensei Said So Show. Y'all already know. Check out the website, senseisaidso.com. Shout out to the sponsors, Distillery 36. You know I got that double cup with me. We got to keep it refreshing. Shout out to 801 Customs. Make sure y'all check out the website. And we happy to be here, man. Shout out to everybody in Australia tuning in. Shout out to everybody in all the other countries in, in, in Asia and in Africa tuning in. Really appreciate you. Wherever you're listening, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. So you brought up, and we kind of talked about it when we were on the break, that we're not really down with the spooky shit, you know, Mm -mm -mm. the haunted stuff that people are interested in. Though 
humans and thinking about humans and how we deal with stuff and how some people don't deal with stuff the right way is very interesting because we throw away, we throw around these basic terms like, oh, you're so insecure. Oh, you have anxiety. Like we throw around these basic things, but like we don't actually think about them. And I, especially with men. Mm-hmm. And we read an article. One of the things that we were talking about is we read an article about man up and how the concepts that we have built our masculinity, our machismo Ooh. off of could actually be very detrimental to men looking inside themselves and dealing with mental problems. Why y'all drinking all the time? Why we're doing certain things right. that we say it's just man stuff. Are we actually shooting ourselves in the foot by having this cold, repressive demeanor towards our problems and issues? Well, yes, but is it necessary is the real question. That is because, a good question. Because, yes, if you're going to have a society that is going to be combative and, and, and maybe be a little bit war-torn or, or militant, you know, then you have the citizens have to be a certain way in order to th- survive in that environment. It wasn't necessarily built that way. America isn't necessarily built that way, but these... That's just what it is. People, people, you're supposed to be able to survive in your environment. And if the military is controlling your environment, you can't be soft or else it's over with. If if you have a friendly e- economy and everybody gets along, you don't have to be savage. Everybody shares and you're cool and it doesn't need to be that way. So I feel like as tough as you need to be, you shouldn't have to be, but that's but it's do just we the look at, and, and I, I agree with you. I think that the question that's being asked, because sometimes you look at the concept of tough love and you say, if you get through the lessons that tough love brings, you become one of two. It either breaks you or you become a survivalist. Right. But is it worth all the people we're losing on, along the way that get broken for the few people that become oh. survivalists? Because is it that there's not enough people surviving through the trauma through through exactly. the people telling them to man up but the trauma that they went through they can't man up over so then they get, they fall back five steps worse than where they were when you told them to man up exactly so you have a situation where you look at success stories in the hood and you're like oh that person got out so let's treat everybody this way because that person got out mm-hmm. but all those people that didn't get out what happens to them they get caught in a cycle. They make illogical decisions that continue to perpetuate the problems that they have. And you look at situations like even us, we know friends that have gotten into situations that may or may not F their present life up because of ego decisions, right? because of decisions of unchecked insecurities where it's like you just got in your feelings for 30 minutes. <laughs> and in that 30 minutes, you made a fucked off your freedom. irrational, <laughs> illogical decision. And you might have left your life. <laughs> so. And we think back to it. We all played sports. Let's look back to when we got hurt. What was the first thing they said? Get up, walk Get it up, off, man up, walk it off. Get but up. isn't it natural to feel pain? How do you tell somebody who's in pain, don't feel that. Let me let me ask you this. Are they able to do that and still, if need be, a war breaks out and now they can turn into soldiers? Or by then are they not going to be the fighting type? Because as much as 
we would love the world to be a utopia. It's never going to be a utopia. There's always going to you're always going to have to have a means of security and a means of protection. That comes through the men in most cultures, not all cultures. Some cultures, the women protect too. You know, even in America now, a lot of women are starting to be in the military and get and get great roles. So it's like you can nurture them to be emotionally rational and everything. Is that going to stop them or hinder them from then going and now having to be a soldier for? I think that's their a, comfort. I would take your analogy and I would make it more palatable to where we're at right now because we're not necessarily in war-torn civil America where South Dakota is trying to take over North Dakota. But what we do have is a situation where civilians feel like we're at war with the police. So let's take that same concept that you just broke down, but let's apply it to the police. Do you want militant, irrational, uncontrolled insecurities and anxiety police officers? (laughs) Or do you want... Mm. understanding, efficient, calculated, discerned, trained police officers so then if a war does break out, they can make the right decision or they can prevent a war from breaking out because they're making calculated, rational decisions because they're not also dealing with inner demons. I think if we want to make the step from a war-torn or... I wouldn't call us war-torn because we're not war-torn. I would say this civil anxiety between people and the authorities, Mm -hmm. I think could be solved if we had more problem solvers rather than reactionary executors. On the on the on on the authorities end or on the civilians end? Shit ain't get shit don't get fixed from the people or the shit would be fixed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Ain't nothing get fixed about the Civil War until the authorities put something to pen and paper and said, this is how shit's going to be. Or we'd still be fighting. Mm, so so you think, and not, and not even you think, because I agree with you. I agree with you. The The more calculated, the more nurtured, the more emotionally free, and the more, you know, that you allow children to be and men to be, especially, they can shape themselves into who they want to be. Yeah. And then, and I'm, you mentioned something very interesting because you said children and that's where I wanted to take this concept next because some of us are after already. We can't even fix it. We just are the way we are. And I'm just kidding. So, Go get help. Find a therapist or listen to the sense they said. So show yes. will be your unqualified There's redemption. therapist. There's redemption. <laughs> but we have kids around our midst. Like I'm about to have a son. You have a nephew that's young as well. So what lessons and how do we train these young men to be the tough, competitive survivors that we got? Because right. we got these lessons through the, through the mud. We got these lessons through getting bred the hard way. My son's not necessarily going to have the same upbringing that I had because I went through that and I got the upbringing. So I, as I've gotten older, have taken this concept of allowing myself to feel because I went most of my a, like formative years not feeling anything right it was take a hit of this or drink this to not feel or feel anger and react off that but i didn't understand other feelings other than that which i feel like limits me as a person because i'm a parent to these kids and they have more feelings than just happy and sad or happy and mad because i don't have that much 
in terms of an emotional range. So I'm trying to be better for my kids. And it was, it was, I had to do it because I had a daughter. Right. So I wanted to make that adjustment because I needed to be softer and more patient. Is it, is it good to put them through trauma? Is it, good, is it is it good? Is it, traumatize is, your kids. Is, is, is safe and as sheltered as you want them little children to be, that's not how the world really works. So you might have to put your, and I don't mean like, I don't mean brand your child with a hot iron and nothing crazy. No, I don't right. mean like I don't mean I don't mean you and you and your and, and the baby's uncles, you know, catch them in the corner and jump them every birthday. You know, like I don't mean no crazy shit, but I mean like yeah, put him make him do some things that are going to push him out of his comfort zone and really test him and maybe I don't mean break him like you said. We can't have these kids being broken. Right. But there needs to be a way. And I guess like sports is a way that is doing that, but then again, people are taking sports to heart where they're, it's breaking them, and so that's not working. Even like <laughs> you take like uh, there was an interview with Roy, jo- Roy Jones Jr., and he was talking about how his dad treated him. And he was like, my dad was hard on me, but I was built for it. Anybody else, this would have broken him. Look at the Jacksons. They attributed a lot of their success to their father, but they also attributed a lot of their mental issues to, the, to their father. Right. And there was only one Michael and one Janet. Mm. There was more children that went through the exact same uh, crucible, the exact same coliseum that their dad put them through, giving them that tough love that you're going to make it by any means type type behavior. But then I look at a kid and even though he's expressing himself in ways that I can't even understand, but you look at like Jaden Smith where he has two parents that are in a celebrity status that maybe didn't, he didn't have to go through growing up in West Philadelphia, born, born and born raised. raised right. <laughs> but his parents are like, be who you want to be. And while he showed up to his prom as white Batman, <laughs> bruh is also saving Flint, Michigan. He's you also know? the only yeah. one helping Flint. <laughs> he, so he has, yeah, he, he still has his conscious fight and his conscious battle in him. So these kids will still have their conscious fight and their conscious battle in them. I really just believe that they just have to go through a little bit of trauma. But is drive, but is drive genetic? Because if drive is a genetic trait, can you access drive differently? Yeah, I think it's genetic, but so I don't think it's to, hereditary. I don't think it's hereditary. I don't think you just pass it down. But if it's in your genes, wouldn't that, like, your kids get your genes, they get your DNA, like, they get whatever is inside of you that made you the person you are, like, can you access that from, I, I the analogy I want to think of is, let's go back to Avatar, The Last Airbender, shout out to everybody who's watched that show, where your boy Zuko thought firebending was about anger and rage, and that's what he used to fire fuel his fire but when he lost his anger and rage he couldn't he lost his fire bending until he found a new source and when he found that new source he was more powerful so i think for so long the mentality behind men is if you just man up and you stop being a pussy that's going to help you become a man but i feel like that's limited where men can go because we have more power in no different man up and deal with what's inside of you right man up and grow Right, Grow. man up and assess. Have have right. Have sympathy. Have empathy. Man up have and show em- empathy. Yeah, you know. You look at situations where it's like someone calls you a bitch, and for a long time the reaction is, "Oh, I have to fight them to Anger. show that I am a man." But in that, how many men have thrown their lives away and limited their potential 
on what the man they could be, trying to show the world they are what the version of a man is right. versus being a man and say, hey, I'm going to show self-control or I'm going to show that a word or an action doesn't control me. Yes. That takes, it's hard. I can tell you, I've punched people in the face and I've walked away. <laughs> Walking away sometimes is a lot harder. It, it, it a lot is. of y'all rappers have been very safe out here because people are trying to be men. People are trying to take that oath and that motto to say, hey, I am a man, but I am going to redefine what a man is. Because too many men, and I say this in a in a song where it's like, too many people are throwing their lives away trying to prove that they're a real nigga. Mm, that's the truth. And that's the, and that's the sad part about it, but like you said it's you guys got to get raise these kids to be emotionally free to do what they want and as men and as friends you guys have to be not not hold each other to that to that strict. You know cuz grown-ups do that same shit. Grown-ups adults that are friends will be like you know you need to man up you as my friend bro you need to man up but you as your friend i haven't told you yet what i'm going through for you to tell me that i need to man up yet so you can't tell me before i have told you what you need to hear about my situation for you to tell me to man up because now that means you don't have any other judgment behind my my situation other than just stick through it and go and, and I know that I know to stick through it and man up that's right. why I'm here manning up is me coming to you and telling you this is me manning up so you can't tell me to go re-man up right. <laughs> back to you know now that I'm manning up to you we need I, I need you to help me dissect and, and grow and, and be more powerful in this situation but even if you take men out of it and you maybe look at it through I want to look at it through the eyes of someone who's a drug addict if somebody who's a drug addict came to you and they were like, yo, I am trying my hardest not to use. I've just quit cold tur- turkey. I'm just not doing it, but I'm feeling weak. You wouldn't be like, well, just keep not doing it. <laughs> the F? Like, just keep not doing drugs. You'd be like, no, let's get you some help. Where can we get you like a center or a medication? Right. You would problem solve with that person, but you would appreciate them being like, hey, I'm at my lowest point and I'm doing everything I can within my power. And I feel like my power is not enough. I'm coming to you, my brother or sister for the next step. I need your divinity to help my divinity overcome whatever I'm going through. Right. That if that was celebrated within our communities, men, whatever the case may be, like where would our individuals be? Because there's a lot of people out here dealing with trauma, trauma situations. That we've lost to trauma. That we're still losing to trauma. Well, the scary thing is they don't even know it is trauma. We're going to get, uh, we got Mark. Of course we got Mark in here. So let's go ahead and let's get that third mic plugged in. Because I know you want to say hey. something about this. <laughs> we got it. All right. I'm in here. You hear yourself? You good? Yeah. All yeah. Right. I This conversation originally started out because that um, uh, thing on Facebook we read about men having trouble to speak up about mental health issues and then is it you know just toughen up is that causing this culture of making it hard to speak up um but basically what i wanted to say is uh to chime in on the conversation yeah there's a place for manning up and being tough and persevering through problems right. uh, perseverance is something that a lot of psychologists say will really benefit your life but that being said, I just looked up 
some of the uh, symptoms of depression. And like when you feel this personally and you go to reach out to someone and they say, oh, just toughen up, um, as long as you can be aware of your own symptoms, um, that's really important. Um, so symptoms are like loss of sleep, loss of appetite, um, a feeling of just total emptiness, you know, no emotion whatsoever. You aren't happy. You aren't sad. Um, loss of interest in things that you used to like to do, um, raised aggression levels, things like that. Like if you go to a friend and say, man, I'm really feeling just totally hopeless, empty, and just life isn't what it used to be. And, uh, and your friend says, well, don't be a pussy. Like that's when you know that it's bad advice, but you know, maybe if you scraped, fell down and scraped your knee and it's time to keep moving on, then maybe that's a, some good advice. So that's just my two cents. And I thought it would be worth it to just share those symptoms of depression in case any listeners are going through the same, um, you know, don't be afraid to look up what those symptoms are for yourself. And if you really identify with those, don't be afraid to get professional help. Absolutely. I feel like that's really important. That's, that's a great Thank note you, to leave off on. We really appreciate your insight and your perspective on that. And, yeah, we, we talk about and we encourage everybody to take care of themselves. Like the big thing that we're on in 2019 is, like, get your body right, get healthy, go to the gym. But if you're doing everything to get your body right, but you're not getting your mind right, and most importantly, you're not getting your spirit right, you're working backwards. Yes. You want to work from the inside out. You know, you want to, I call it the way of the turtle. You The way of the turtle. The way of the turtle, you know, turtle sage, where all your energy, like if a turtle's scared, if anything tries to attack it, it, it goes within. Like it's all its energy is this is where I this is where I'm protected is inside of myself and within a society where everything is so external there's so many things distracting you if you're not solid within it's real easy to get lost it's real easy to get swept away and then you feel like you're in an ocean and you have no roots you have nothing holding you and keeping you grounded so Everything Mark says absolutely correct, and I want to just echo that. If you feel any of those things, please go and talk to somebody. Get yourself right before you move forward and try to do anything else because without a strong foundation, you can't build on it. Can't build on it, exactly. And we're going to take a little musical break here, and we're going to get back to you with some more topics. So make sure y'all pull up y'all double cups, Distillery 36, and we're going to be right back with y'all. You back. Trouble all of my brain. Worry about your infame. Wonder what it's gonna take. Will you remember my name? I swear you already know me. All these girls think I'm going insane. Put it down for a bitch, your way. Go down on that bitch, your way. I got that motherfucking Gucci mane. Kim Kardashian with the Kanye. My life's like a movie, click play. Make sure you record on tape. Like the gym without pain, no gain. I ain't born from the heavens, no saint. 2019, drop that mistake. What the fuck are the critics gonna say? Trouble all of my brain. Worry about it in fame. Wonder what it's gonna say. Well, you remember my name I swear you already know me Now 
see my past Y'all know that I crash with whiplash, know the cash He's always first, never second, never last That's nothing but the truth, always facts, know you lack Covid so you stab me in the back, what's the deal with that? Push me to the limit max, I ain't gonna fuck with that I got zero time for that, cause I ain't really bothered I see you bought it, I bought it by the car So with your heart, I know that I ain't never gonna call you Dark, trouble all of my brain Worry about hitting fame Wonder what it's gonna say Will you remember my name? Tryna tell me that it can't be a rapper Guess what bro, I'm a dreamer Hold on, I care what you're thinking about me I seen the hands on the card, they doubt me Dance with the devil in the end, he found me Hold on, I care if anyone wants to out me I already know you said you doubt me But I'm never ever gonna let you defeat me I got the world in my hands And I got a mind that'll trigger the man Trigger the part, don't lead me to greatness Yes, I know I gotta have a bit of patience But in the end, I'll be taking over nations But in the end, it'll be me playing It'll be me watching all of y'all praying About me and what I'm saying yeah. Trouble all of my brain Worry about hitting fame Wonder what it's gonna say Will you remember my name? Trouble all of my brain Worry about hitting fame Wonder what it's gonna say Will you remember my name? I swear that y'all remember mine I swear that y'all remember mine I swear that y'all remember mine Trouble all in my brain Y'all remember my name <laughs> That was a dope one That song you just heard was Troubled Minds That was Melbourne MC Fragile and that was off his debut EP Throwaway So It's a hot one That one rocked <laughs> like that Hook was hella catchy Had the vibe Set the that tone was the And went well with the conversation we were talking about Like We got trouble but we all just want to be remembered. So it's just dealing with your problems and then you can be great. But sometimes in your pursuit of greatness, you may fall short. You may get hurt. And there may be people that will celebrate your failure. Clap, clap, clap. They will clap (laughs) and they will applaud in your moment of weakness. If you don't know what we're talking about, this probably happened by the time you listen to this episode. But we wanted to take time to talk about some fans because we're in a state that's notorious for, for bad our fans. Sportsmanship. We are terrible at sportsmanship out here. Right. <laughs> so in the NBA, we saw another example of it in Toronto, in the land of the six, where Kevin Durant trying to make a valiant effort, a heart felt effort for his team ends up tearing his Achilles potentially. We're still, as of now, when we're recording this episode, there's still no say. But from the Well, looks, little boy was crying at the press conference like a hoe. Like a concerned <laughs> owner. <laughs> or a hoe. See, you the one telling the man up. You the... <laughs> In the background, but that was, but that's too emotional. That you can't do. That you can't. You can't be the president of basketball, uh, approve him going out there to play him tear his Achilles and break down and cry in the press conference. Okay, let's go there. (laughs) Shadow the conspiracy. 
So do you think that he was shedding crocodile tears? Of course. That's what I, that's what it looked like. It looked it, look, it looked like clownery, buffoonery is what it looked like. So there is this narrative that the the warriors are the devil we don't see. The devil we don't know. They smile in our face, Stephen Curry and his waffle colorness and <laughs> Steve Kerr trying to play the nice guy, but are they really kind of savages? Did they throw KD out there? Because you look at the narrative behind KD, and we'll get to the Toronto fans in a second. But if you look at the narrative between KD versus Clay, they both got hurt this playoffs. Right. But the narrative with KD was, oh, he'll be back soon. Oh, KD needs to be back. Oh, we're hoping KD returns. Was that all Warriors media pressuring and Warriors using the media to basically pressure KD to come back? But when Clay was hurt, they were like, oh, Clay, like, you can sit out. We don't even want you to play this game. Come back when you're ready. And really, the only difference between these two players is one of them is probably going to resign next year, and Ooh. one of them probably is not. Ooh. So, did they go, Yeah, KD, you could come back and play because we don't give a damn if you get hurt more or not. Right. You're not playing for us anymore. So, you might as well give us your yeah, all you while you're here and then go rehab on the Knicks paycheck. <laughs> Versus Clay, who's probably going to resign, and them going, no, you need to be healthy because we need you for the long run. Exactly. That's yeah. an interesting. That's an interesting conspiracy way to look at it. But if you look at the NBA as a business, and you as a Celtics fan know that they will dog your players out and then trade you when they and can. Trade you in a Isaiah heartbeat. Thomas is going to be a shiny. He's he going to be the best player in the big three. Stop the first time. Stop disrespecting our old savior. Okay. And what happened to him? Did he get? Did he like walk away from the team? How did? What happened we, to your old savior? We don't we don't speak on that because right now we're we haven't found a savior since him. Did you kind of like issue. ostracize him? Maybe even say crucify him after saving you guys? Listen, is we, Isaiah we Thomas Jesus? <laughs> we don't speak on that. Okay, may 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 the spirit of Nate Robinson reside in him. <laughs> may he give him some. Who's also rest. in the big three? <laughs> so you might be sending him to damnation with Ice Cube. <laughs> In the big three, <laughs> but yeah, the and 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 this is the thing. It's embarrassing if you are a player. If for those of you out there that are athletes or that have ever been for or, or are former athletes, it's embarrassing when you have an injury that is under wraps. It's not really yet publicly known, but they know that you went out like a game or two ago or a week ago or something like that, and. It's a bigger game where there's more pressure and you need to give it a little bit more go and you end up hurting yourself in the exact same injury that you were supposed to, you know, take your time to rehab to come back. It's embarrassing, you know, because you break your own body. It's an, it's emotionally it's emotionally uh, traumatizing because now you're missing out on, a, on an opportunity that you were trying that you would give anything for but you can't give your body for it because your body ain't good enough for it right now, you know? So it's a hard situation when you're in that because it's embarrassing. You might you might be in the wrong, you might be in the right, you know? It could have been KD's decision to come back, you know, because the doctors, the NBA doctors cleared him. And we all know that sometimes the NBA doctors aren't the best opinionated doctors but that they have But if you look at injuries. the verbiage, 
it didn't say he was cleared to play in games. He said it was cleared to practice. Yeah. Is That's that, is what that right? the reporting said. Ooh. And if you look at what Jalen Rose said, he said he, when they asked him, because he watched KD's workout before um, game four, when they were thinking he was going to come back, and he was like, he looked bad. Oh. They said, it does not look good. So you're right about this NBA doctors thing, because on the other side, and we'll get to Toronto now, Look at Kawhi's situation with San Antonio. Right, with his injury. He left, not because of Pop. Him and Pop have a great relationship. He left because of San Antonio's front office and their doctors and how their doctors who work for the team are making the best decision for the team. (laughs) So Kawhi, and luckily Kawhi had his uncle. He had his people with him. It was like, no, they're not looking out for you. We're not even going to do your rehab here in San Antonio. We're going to go to New York. We're going to not even let people see what you're doing because we don't trust them. So it gets into the conversation of Toronto now has a star that they've been wooing for the last year, really hoeing themselves out, (laughs) giving him everything under the sun for him to stay. And in a moment, they might have lost that because this is a player that's been very open and very sentimental about how he was treated when he was injured. Injured in San Antonio. How do you think it might affect him to now see how the Toronto Raptor fans treated a fellow athlete, a comrade, because the NBA circles are close. There's only about 400 players in it, so they're a union. If it's a business, you just got hurt on company time, and the company that you worked for disrespected you, and now you see you get hurt, you see another player get hurt in your home building, then you see how the fans react. How do you think that affects his decision? Because he's a free agent this year. In 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 the defense of the Toronto Raptors fan base, I feel like it was a mixed reaction. I don't think they were all cheering at, in unison as a stadium talking about, oh, yeah, this nigga hurt. KD's hurt. Cool. boop de whoop Get him off. Look at him. Uh. He hurt. He can't even walk off the court. Drag his tall monkey butt out of here. Like, come on. But did you watch that? Because I thought that, too, because a lot of things happened. Because as he got hurt, Serge Ibaka stole the basketball. So at first, you could listen to it and go, oh, they're cheering because a play is developing. He's going to go down and score. But then they showed the, uh, the other angle of it when KD's sitting down and they pan up. And, and that you one just, guy. <laughs> no, not one. It starts with one guy. Oh, boy, waving his head up. And what then as just... you keep looking, it's just a sea of people. All of their energy pointed right at him. All of them just giving it to him. And then it got worse. And something I've never seen is when he tried to stand up and he started limping, they cheered louder. So play has stopped. Now there's no basketball going on. There's (laughs) nothing that can misconstrue this situation because Serge Ibaka already got fouled. The play stopped. His teammates came over. At that point, when they saw him limp, they cheered louder. And that's where you saw the Toronto Raptors players be like, yo, y'all need to shut the fuck up. So if Kyle Lowry, a leader on that team, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green are all telling the fans, y'all need to chill out, what does that say to a player like Kawhi or Kawhi's uncle where it's like, oh, we didn't even want to be here. They didn't want to be in Toronto. He wanted right. to be in L.A. Right, right. Where if anyone gets, like, say what you want about teams like Boston and L.A. and stuff like that, 
But when Boston would have been a good destination for him. Don't act like Boston wasn't a good. Stop that. But we'll we'll say L.A. because that's no. But I'm talking about the fan bases. While they always get this demonization that they don't have class, when moments and stuff happen, they rise to the occasion. Right. Like when someone has their last game, like in Boston, they do show love. Like if somebody does something dope in Madison Square Garden, they do show love. So he's looking at like stateside. I could go be the man and get love, but I'm at a city here where they're cheering for people getting hurt. <laughs> and I never wanted to be here in the first place. Right. You're right. It's, it's, it's not going to help his decision, but it's not like he was going to stay anyways. It's not like he's going to stay anyways, but I feel like it was mixed. I don't feel like it was fully them just being disrespecting KD. I feel like it was mixed. It was a, it was an emotional game. It was raw. The fans were Did you up watch and down. It? Did you watch it live? Yeah, Did I watched you? it live. So you even watched the announcers. Even they caught it, and they were like, Jeff Van Gundy was like, yo, this is wrong. Well, they made it worse. That was the problem. They were the ones that made, made well, everybody be like, that made, every, that made everybody like, oh, wait, oh, they're, talk- oh, they're cheering f- like, they're not cheering because he's because they're trying to get him off the court. They're cheering at him being disrespected. That's when it was like, oh, because the announcers made it worse. It initially just looked like he got hurt. Like, oh, some of them are cheering about the play, and some of them are like, nah. When really I when I watched it because I was watching it live, like I got sick to my stomach because you like, are dramatic. Why you guys are dramatic? It's a raw, emotional, competitive game. Some people are gonna get hurt. Some people are gonna. That's just the reality but then, of it. But you then cheat, you can't. can't get but mad then you can't. But cheering. then you can't be a person to get mad when people say shit racist to fa- to when fans say racist stuff to players. If you're gonna take that same stance, you got to take that same stance across the board. If you're gonna say there's no sportsmanship, there's no honor from the fans, and they can do whatever they want. I just say they can do whatever they want, but that's not what they did. Is not out of line. So. Well, crazy that 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 it's such appalling behavior no it's it was some emotional thing according to usa today the fans stopped cheering when they realized how bad the situation was and started a kd chant as he walked to the locker room see yeah there's redemption for him they 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 but if you watch it the moment from him laying on the ground him standing up and then them going kd kd that was a long it wasn't like Snap, snap, snap. Like, Katie was on the ground for a minute with at least a third of the crowd waving at his face, being like, bye-bye, you're out of here. Of then course. He, then he got up, they saw him limp, and then the cheers went from, like, kind of mixed to louder. When he took his first limp and grimaced, they cheered. So my thing is, is sportsmanship is something that's supposed to happen in the sport, regardless of if... Your team or not, regardless of if it's a heated competitive battle, at that point, you're only looking at that individual as what they can do for you. As a fan base, you're only looking at it as, oh, these are just combatants in a fucking cage. You're taking all of your humanity out of it for a child's game. This man just lost his something he worked really hard for. Achilles is a career ending injury and you're going to cheer for him. Because you want to win a basketball game? Yes. That, yes. Hell yes. But that's bullshit. Hell yes. And the reality is, yes. they, the reality is they lost that game. They did lose that because game. Because they cheered. No, it had nothing to do with what they cheered. Did you not see? Kevin, no, Kevin, again. Did, no, hold on. Did you not see the Warriors players after that happened? They played harder because of the fuck shit. So of now, course. as a fan base, because you had no sportsmanship, 
You lost this game that you should have won the championship off of. Now you have to go back to Golden State where you might lose. You might have lost the championship due to your lack of sportsmanship. And then you might have lost your best player because of a lack of sportsmanship. So is it worth it to lose all that for a fuck moment? Like if that? they win the championship, then it's worth it. How? And all that is worth it. All that all that nobody's gonna remember the bad sportsmanship, the the little finals, the two games in the finals that that, that they got a confrontation in. They're just gonna remember them as champions. I disagree. That, that's, we what, remember, that's what it's for. We remember the flu game and we remember the story about Utah fans poisoning Michael Jordan. We remember poisoning that. Michael Jordan. How many people still tell that story about him going to Park City and getting some food that, that they think was that's how myth. he got sick? That's a myth. But we still we don't even know if it's true and we still tell that story we don't believe 20 it, a lot of people believe it <laughs> but we tell that story 20 years later we tell the story of Bruce Bowen kicking Steve Nash in the nuts 15 years later we are we remember literally a jazz fan after the new jazz fan got kicked out for some racist shit they went back and kicked <laughs> a fan out from a year ago they said hold on <laughs> let me look back I'm just saying I'm just saying uh, I do believe in karma I do believe in the sports gods. And when you do something low and classless like the Toronto fans did, even if it wasn't all of them, if you watch it really closely, it was a majority of them. So the fact that the Toronto players were telling, that's where it's not misconstrued. Even the Toronto players were telling their fans, shut up. Like if you watch, they're like, stop. Well, you have to that's, understand that they don't. They didn't know how bad it was. When, when you're playing and, and, and your player knocks over the opponent's player, you're going to cheer. Hell yeah. This nigga got hurt because Serge Ibaka took the ball from him. Cool. Yeah, nigga, what's up? And then you look up and the, he's, he's, he's severely injured. He can't even walk off the court. Now it's serious. Now but that's they when they cheered louder. Now they cheered. No, they no, cheered no. louder. But it said, but it said no, they, then they cheered MVP. No, so, they didn't. So do they th- gave him his sympathy. I understand that you're mad at the no, timeline. No, they didn't. They didn't. But, but you, you're asking they for didn't, a lot of a, of they a, of didn't, a situation okay, that's highly emotional. But they didn't cheer for KD saying MVP when he limped. They were cheering that he was hurt. But when he was walking, they still no, they cheered for him. When they were walking, but they did cheer for him. Literally, it was no, it literally was so bad. How can you say that when the Toronto what do you mean? Hold on, how, how can, can you, you say, say that, that when the Toronto players they cheered. No, because the Toronto players were the ones telling their fans to stop. Right. So it's no speculation if even the home team is like, you guys are out of line. Right, but they corrected and cheered. That's it, what I'm saying. They 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 cheered. They they didn't keep that same energy with with you know with them being right, but disrespectful it took, toward but him. It was, you know, they 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 they. But it they was three up. minutes of them being assholes. And because of that, what? Fixed. Because of that, there's no redemption. They're no, the worst. No, they're, they're, that's the worst kind of sportsmanship I've ever well, seen. Well, it is. That's dramatic. It's as hell. just as bad as it's, it's not. No, that's it's not even as, as worse as somebody punching somebody in the face on the court. Somebody hitting somebody on the court is worse than you cheering for somebody that's injured on the court. As a fan, there's as fans, there's not many things you can do worse than cheering for a player that just got hurt. Imagine if like. Gordon Hayward broke his leg in Utah, and all the Utah fans started cheering. That's messed up. They booed that nigga when he came back. Right, but that's different. It's different. But <laughs> that's okay. terrible sportsmanship. Okay, but is no, that the worst kind booing, of sick shit, too? Booing somebody is it's different because serious. booing somebody is within the context of the game. And so but it's, it's just, cheering. That's what I'm but saying. As so soon it's as somebody, But as soon as somebody does something and their humanity is at stake, that's where the game stops. His humanity is not at stake. He's a basketball player. Oh, he God. gets paid for what his body he can do. He was already hurt. Right. So he tried. It's, that's fine that he's already hurt. But he came back and he got hurt. The game stops when somebody gets hurt. And now you need to be a human. 
You can't keep going, oh, this is all a game, when it stops being a game. Because, <laughs> but, because then that's savagery. Then we're all being savages. But for, that's the, it's for, they're fanatics. They're fans. That's but what stop. they do. They but do that But then you shit. can't say anything when a fan says racist shit. Yes, to a, because there is shit that's too far. Of then why is racist stuff Like too, I said, punching somebody <laughs> in the face is too far. Punching a fan in the face is too far. You're being emotional no. about somebody clapping about you being hurt. That's all I'm saying. You guys Which are is, highly, they're highly emotional about it when it's really not that serious That's he's hurt true. but he's gonna get back together this is who the end of the he's season gonna get back the together. situation isn't like fucking what's his name who broke his leg uh, yes it is uh what's his uh what's the what's the football player's name joe joe uh bro the joe Achilles, montana tearing your, who broke his leg tearing your achilles football is, and he was fully tearing your achilles healthy. is the worst injury an nba player can have literally no nba player comes back from an achilles kobe injury. did no he didn't his yes, career did. was ended his career ended because of his achilles but he came back no he didn't <laughs> he came back and he was a shell of himself right but that's what i'm saying he came back he played kevin durant and will we, come back and play and still be kevin durant or you don't think he, he didn't will. come kobe didn't come back and was kobe you don't think Dom- kevin durant's gonna come back and be the same Literally, if you look at the history, I'm just saying. Hold on, hold on. If you look at the history of the NBA, no player has come back and been the same player after an Achilles injury. You cannot name one. And you don't have faith in Kevin Durant to do it. I'm just saying. This is the literally as a basketball player. This is like the. Don Dada. Like, this but isn't do a. You have no, I don't it. think he's going to come back. Look at DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is not the same player. DeMarcus, yeah, he's, he is he's not. The, he literally has been getting DMPs <laughs> in three of these five games in the playoffs because he can't move. You will literally, like, you try to watch DeMarcus Cousins dunk, he's 6'10. He can't even dunk anymore because that Achilles is so important. So, regardless of the injury, regardless of what's going on, that karma could come back to really bite Toronto. It bit them in that game. They lost that what game. What about Golden State's karma, though? How come Toronto's the one that they're the underdogs that are trying to fight to to do this, and and we're picking at them? But how come? What about Golden State's karma? But that's what. What so about cra- Kevin Durant's karma? But that's what's so crazy about this situation is Toronto had everything in there ready to go if they could just stay classy and win like champions. But you do this low class move. It's like when Kyrie Irving got hurt playing against the the Warriors in 2015. If they would have cheered for them, that's bullshit. But it's like if they if Toronto would have just stayed classy, the Warriors are just sad about KD getting hurt. They don't play with any more frenetic energy. And you guys just say, oh, he got hurt. Let's be quiet. Moment of silence like every other sports fan base across the fucking globe does. When somebody gets hurt, everybody just stops making noise. And then when you see that he's okay and he gives a thumbs up to the crowd, then you clap. Every fucking fan base knows how to do this. And then you guys win that game because the Warriors are just like, fuck. We're defeated. KD just got hurt. That's all we got. They don't have the narrative because now the Warriors have the narrative. Now they have revenge. They got their owner crying. They got Klay Thompson saying it's bullshit. They got Steph Curry teary eyed. Like you're gonna get a different Warriors in games. <laughs> and I love it. And but that's you're gonna the, get, and that's and but, that's they brought the competition out of them by doing that. But and if that's, you're that's a Toronto Raptors, but if you're a Raptors fan, yes. isn't that the worst situation? You're the underdog. If you shut up, you win a championship. But if you're a true fan. And you just want good competition. You want your team to win, but you but want then it to that's be a also, great competition. But then that's also bullshit. Because if you want great competition, you wouldn't be cheering for the other team's best player getting hurt. You would say, we want to beat you at your best. 
So oh, I see. You're right. right. You're right. If you're, you're a real right. competitor, yeah. you're not happy that their best player loses because now there's an asterisk by your championship. Right. Now they're going to go, you only won this because KD was hurt. Because KD was on pace for 40 right. before he got hurt. So it's like, as a competitor, you go, no. I want you guys at your best. I want there to be no excuses. Bring KD back and still get beat. Then there's no... I think... I think That's what I, you do if I you're think, a real competitor. I think KD... This was desperation. I think, I think KD let the Warriors down. I think KD, KD, let, KD let the organization down because he was supposed to be the one. He was supposed to be the one to, to mm. take them and win a couple championships. He, he, and, won, and too. he, he, he won two. Is that enough? He won a couple is it enough? Is it enough? Is it... it is it enough? You is, said win a couple championships, and he literally won a couple championships. <laughs> so he kind of did what he needed to do. No, not to be the best ever. I mean, he needed, he needed, him going to the Warriors. To... Him going to the Warriors already took him out of the running to be the best ever. Because really? you can't join the best team ever and then be like, "Well, I'm the best ever." But I think KD made a gutsy move because honestly, KD. But had, is this his no, karma? Hold on, hold on, KD had. I don't agree because I don't think KD had any reason to come. That back. was a whole hold move. On, hold on. I think no. I think he made the ballsy move because KD had no reason to come back. If he's leaving next year, he's risking the contract. He's risking the start of his new team. He's literally risking his future to help his guys right now. The whole move would have been, hey, I'm just not going to play because f y'all. Y'all said y'all didn't need me. Draymond was like, we don't yeah, need you. Draymond the whole, said that. The whole move would have been, all right, y'all down three one. But I believe him. I, be, I would have believed him. I would have believed him. Right. But I'm saying that like KD's hurt or I'm hurt and I'm the best but player. But look, he... you guys won this without me. Win it, bro. Y'all got this. Exactly. Why do I have to come back and fucking risk my whole life for this shit? But you're saying KD did that himself. So I'm saying he went out KD there and made his own I don't shit. think anybody could have made KD play. I think he made an act that we we're going back to the man up conversation. He took the road that all your coaches and all your teammates and everyone says when you get hurt, man up and be there for your boys versus the idea where we're talking about of Take care of yourself because you could have effed up a lot of your future for a decision you made based off of man up. You can say that the right. Warriors gave him pressure or whatever the case may be. But regardless is KD made the decision that we're trained as men to make of man up, buck up, strap it on and get out there. Mm -hmm. And it was detrimental it was, in yeah, the long run when he could have made the decision of I know I'm not right. I did this workout and I'm not right. So I'm going to do everything I can to support you guys, but I can't get out there. But then we would have looked at KDM like, you're a hoe, you're ready to go. The doctor said you're cleared to play. And he would have gone through the same stuff Kawhi went through because Kawhi got drug this last year. All the different smear stuff about he gave up on his team. Tony Parker was talking shit. Manny Ginobili was talking shit. Like, all because Kawhi made the decision of, I'm not ready. But either and outcome I'm not, was going to be the same. But now Kawhi yeah. Leonard's playing in the, the... Kawhi Leonard had arguably the best playoff run in NBA yes, history. Yes, because of his rehab, and he, yeah. And because he made the decision of, I'm not just going to man up, suck it up, gonna, yeah. and put the boots on. No, I'm going to make sure I'm 100%. That's the whole reason why San Antonio... So you think he made the, the right decision and Kevin Durant made the wrong decision? I can't say what situation is right or wrong. All I can do is look at it from a from an outsider's perspective and look at the outcome. Kawhi Leonard said, I'm not coming back, and that's on everything. <laughs> but now he waited and he invested in himself, and now he he's, he's a free he's but having think a, of, a keep historic in mind, NBA player. Keep in mind they're both free agents at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Who's getting the bag next year? Kawhi. Kawhi. 
because he got hurt, and instead of manning up, he dealt with his problem. He's not a liability right he now. Took looking his... at him like he can still hold a whole playoff run by himself. He's fine. So I would op- I'd be open to the argument that KD folded under the peer pressure of machismo. We need you to come back and save the team. Be a man. You're ready to go. Versus you're not ready to go. Let's relax. Let's make sure you're good for your future and not just this moment right now. Because he threw it all away for a moment. And if it goes the right way and they win game five and he is healthy, then we're all celebrating. We're not having this conversation. But it didn't happen. I think this was meant to happen. I really do. I believe I believe Kevin Durant is built the way he's built and, and he wasn't and he just couldn't last. He he played as many high intensity games as he could until his body did what it did and, 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 and it broke down on him. And it's hard to stay in the league playing high intensity basketball if you have something tweaked or something just barely off, you know, and you have night after night you have to play against the most elite and the and the strongest and the biggest players in the world. And I and as great as he is, he's the, one of the greatest offensive players to ever play basketball. But his stature, too, has a, can factor into his legacy. You know, See, your injury factors into your legacy and, and, and how you take care of your body and how you transition your game. Really, But take. that's where I agree with you, where it's like in his warm-ups and his practice, they were saying he's good to practice, but he can't really explode off the dribble. So you want him to then go and explode off the dribble in an NBA Finals elimination game against Kawhi fucking Leonard? <laughs> like, I'm no MD, I'm no doctor, but it looks like we're setting him up for failure. For absolute failure for the jump. But that's what I'm saying. Did the Warriors put all their cards in the table with Kevin Durant? Because they knew this is an asset, they're not going to return. They're not going to retain. Unless and I and, heard this. And could that be and could that be Kevin Durant's fault for not being able to mesh with the team throughout the season for it to come down to that too? Well, Kevin Durant kind of it's been no secret that he's already made the decision to leave. So like he's out of here after. But this it year. was really after the Draymond fight that it started to become public. Like oh, he might not stay anymore for the common folks. But in the summer when he did an interview with Bill Simmons. They kind of already pieced it together, and it's been breaking since the summer in the NBA basketball circles. It hit mainstream because that's when I feel like it started to bother the Warriors that it's like you're still talking shit and acting like the man and getting mad at me, Draymond, who's won championships without you, That and you're not even going to be here next <laughs> yes, year. Sure. So don't tell me nothing because you're leaving, and when you leave, we'll still win without you. So I think almost the opposite happened where – KD almost felt like I need to prove to them that even though I'm leaving, I'm still y'all boy. I'm still, I'm, uh, I was still a warrior. While I'm wearing this jersey, I'm 100% in. I'm a warrior and I'm going to ride with my warriors versus looking at himself like a brand. Because KD, I mean, Kawhi Leonard was the Spurs. He was their franchise player. He was the next one to take the mantle of a franchise. He easily could have been like, okay, guys, I'm the leader of this team. We're in the playoffs. I'm going to lead. But no, he went, I'm part of the Spurs, but I'm Kawhi Leonard, the person. And my brand is bigger than the Spurs. I make money with my body. And if my body is not 100, F y'all. Right. And F what y'all want from me. And F the smear campaigns. Get Tony Parker out of my face. Get Manu Ginobili out of my face. I don't care what none of them are saying. I'm here for one thing. I'm here to be the best. I'm here to have longevity. And if I can't go, if I'm not 100%, I'm not going to go. And Toronto was doing the right thing by accommodating him. Injuries are an important thing to Kawhi. 
that's why he only played 60 games this year. Because Toronto was like, you can rest all you want to rest. We want to make sure you don't get hurt. We'll do anything you want. They had it in the bag. Mm. And I feel like everything now is not secure with that franchise because Kawhi Leonard could easily look at it and be like, oh, y'all supposed to be an A1 classy franchise. And one of my compadres, one of my, uh, the elites in the league, one of my peers just got hurt and y'all treated him this way after y'all know that I got hurt. But like, if he gives him, if he, if he gives him the title, it doesn't matter. I think he can give him the title and still leave. Do you think he's going to give him the title? Do you think that the Warriors? Because I don't, I don't buy that the Warriors are just going to go down three one and lose. I still, I think the Warriors have a fight to take it to seven and win. But I want, I, I think Kawhi will win. I think Kawhi is a great enough player right now at the level that he's at to close out the Warriors without Kevin Durant. I believe, I'm going to be I honest. I believe in Kawhi, but the Warriors takes- are good enough. If you're down 3-1, it's going to take more than just the players in your team and what they bring to the table to overcome that. And if you look at when the Cavs did it, the situation behind it was behind adversity. Draymond just punched someone in the nuts. Somebody got hurt. Everyone's upset. Steph started talking shit. And around that adversity, they pushed through and they overcame. So if this was just a regular game where the Warriors won by one, no narrative, it was just a regular basketball game, oh, I think they lose game six, we're out of here. But I've played enough sports, I've watched enough basketball to know players get up for shit like this, especially champions, especially players that don't have anything to play for because they've already won a championship. Mm-hmm. The The Raptors are playing with de- hopeless desperation right. because this is the farthest their franchise has ever gotten. So the last thing you want to give a championship team is a narrative. The mm-hmm. last thing you want to get them is added motivation to be better because they can go up a level. They've shown it. They just haven't because their bodies are broken down. But we all know the spirit, and that's why we talked earlier about get your spirit right. Because when your body fails you, but your spirit yeah, is the there, spirit you it. can push through and do great things. And I think the Raptors, if I'm being honest, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like when that moment happened, the series shifted. Ooh. And we're about to see something real crazy. Ooh. Warriors winning seven, coming back from 3-1. Mm. And it's going to be legendary history. Legendary. Because that's you need this adversity in a story for the dynasties to be a dynasty and you believe in a dynasty or do you not cuz if this dynasty ends right here and they break up they 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 were the best team to ever play but they weren't the best dynasty yeah they would be in the pantheon of the different teams that were great but like they wouldn't ending stand it out. ending it this way if they would have won when they won 73 games if mm-hmm. they would have won that championship and then win this one oh yeah that's the best team ever to be assembled to play basketball but, but they can still do that if they win this championship. But I feel like the year that they lost the seventy three and nine, when the Cavs came back and beat them, that was a big. It they would have oh. because no team has won four in a row since like the eighties. So they would have got four in a row, which is hard to do. And because they didn't, they're not the best. It's hard to put them. I think they're probably the best team, but we can have that conversation for another day. So let's go ahead and we could probably listen to another song so let's play one more song now that we gave him a little conversation about the sports get ready for more sports talk here on music time media that's a little preview into the future so let's ball and smoke real fast and then we're gonna come back with some mo on the sensei said so show I, I should know face, no 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 face,
salute Shout out my nation, no I, I, I got a lot of woodies wood. And different zippy codes I, I, I got a lot of homies And we blow that trippy smoke Fuck if I overdose no, no. I'm talking comatose you know. Then talking by my nose Yeah, she want my dick and dough I let my speakers boast And hit my folks like adios I'm talking dick or dope Then pass it to my fucking bro Back with the Sensei Said So Show. I am still your Sensei, Vio Sensei, 36 Dread Kage, after a long segment. It was good. We needed it. We needed to talk a little bit about sports. So if you guys like us talking about sports, please, please, please let us know your feelings, thoughts, comments, concerns, confessions about the different fan Mm -hmm. shit y'all have done. Yeah. And we might talk about sports a little bit more We might bring something out for y'all just so, so stand by. Keep keep giving us the comments and keep demanding what y'all want because we got all the content for y'all. All of the content. SenseiSaidSo.com is where y'all can check it out. We want to give a shout-out to Distillery 36 and yep. 801 Custom, our sponsors, always holding it down. And shout-out to the Dananda, everybody, everybody in Australia. In Australia whatever y'all to doing. AMR Radio. You can make sure you guys tune in. Whatever y'all daily life is, whatever y'all be doing when you listen to this show, we appreciate you. Thank you. Again, you can find us on all social medias, Music Clan, Shadow Nation, but senseisaidso.com is the easiest way to get all this content and more that we got for you. So again, I am your sensei, Vio Sensei, 36 Dread Kage at a Music Clan, 10th Tribe of Wakanda, and I am the leader of the free world. And y'all already know it's Shadow the Go-Tooth Villain, leader of the Water Nation. If y'all would just pull your double cups up two times and we will see y'all next time. So make sure y'all stay prepared with two cups, one to your left, one to your right. <laughs>